This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, I fall out with my missus because she's not supporting my career. So I robbed me dad's headphones because we all went away for my dad's 60th. I robbed me dad's headphones and I robbed my wife's phone. And because it was a bit of a cloudy day, that's how I managed to listen to the show. And you loved it. I had to subscribe on my wife's phone because she doesn't fucking subscribe. <laughs> cheeky, che- I was going to really swear at it there. Cheeky thing. <laughs> Nick subconsciously insults one of the biggest middleweights on the planet. Then he is a middleweight like a Romero or whatever. I know Romero's thick, but so there's definitely scope Th- th- there. Thick as in weight. Thick as in weight. Thick as in weight. I'm not saying he's thick as two short pants. Maybe he is. I don't know you all yeah. that well, to be honest with we you. We should get you all on for a maths task. Maths test. Yeah, a mastermind job. And he's after a trip to Russia. But it's nothing to do with the fighting. I Billionaires. You'd be right in there with your fucking with pasty. Their, with their te- <laughs> yeah, with their teenage brides sipping champagne and eating caviar. Yeah, I fit right That's in. you, innit? Octagon side. That's it. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome to episode 88 of the Fight Disciples podcast. If you don't listen to our boxing show, yes, I'm back off my holidays. I said this yesterday, but if you don't listen to the show, I thought I'd make a double announcement this week because you might just be a UFC fan and think to yourself, hey man, where was uh, where was Adam last week? But then you thought to yourself, well, Dan Hardy's on anyway, so fuck it, we're not really interested in what he's up to. I've been on my holidays, I'm back. <laughs> Did you miss? Obviously you didn't miss me, nobody sent me a message. Nobody, nobody got in contact with the show saying, hey man, Missed you this week on the show. Everybody was going, hey, love Nick with his boyfriend, uh, Dan Hardy. <laughs> love all that. Mm. Love him. The old reptile. Yeah. How is he? Is he good? Very good, yeah. Very Sounding good. good. I'll tell you what, he's serious about this comeback. Yeah, he sounds he's good. He's very serious. He's um, he's adamant it's going to be down at lightweight as well. Obviously, he's not been training for a while. Certainly not been in fight camp style training, so he's lost a lot of weight. He's looking pretty lean. And, um, you know, he's confident of going down to 155 and... As I said on the show, though, everybody wants to be 155 because the golden cha- paycheck's at 155, baby. He's there. He's, we'll be uh, speaking about Conor McGregor. Of course we will be speaking about Conor McGregor uh, a little later on in the show. Um, I have been on holiday without my phone. I um, only really caught up on everything that was happening at UFC London via this podcast. It was quite nice, actually. Wicked. When you go on your holidays, do, do you, are you a person that takes your technology with you? i.e. your phone um, I have been previously but the next time I go away I will not be taking my phone that's, do it man that's the truth yeah. do it honestly it's liberating it sounds amazing yeah I, I'm a slave to both my phones well we all are so. and then we are consumed by this world obviously talking about fight sports on a day to day week to week basis Yeah. so I just thought I'm going to have a bit of fun this week I'm just going to concentrate 100% 7 days on my two little rascals and get them in the swimming pool I'm not going to have any distractions no, no social media or anything like that I'm just going to leave it be I actually listened to the show on my wife's phone because I didn't have it. I didn't have my phone with me. Class. So I robbed me dad's headphones because we all went away from my dad's 60th. I robbed me dad's headphones and I robbed my wife's phone. And because it was a bit of a cloudy day, that's how I managed to listen to the show. And you loved it? I had to subscribe on my wife's phone because she doesn't fucking subscribe. (laughs) Cheeky. 
che- I was going to really swear at it then. <laughs> Cheeky thing. <laughs> she doesn't subscribe to the show. How's unbelievable. that? That's not support. That's unbelievable. Even if you don't listen, love, subscribe. Exactly, yeah. Come exactly. on. So I had to, so, so now she does. So I subscribed on her phone, downloaded through some dodgy Wi-Fi connection in some cafe all the episodes that I wanted to listen to, and I had a right old listen, and I had a good listen to you and Dan Hardly. was in good form, yeah. Mm. It was in good form. We did a, you know, it was very much a reflective on UFC London. We dedicated the whole show, obviously, to UFC London. Yeah, man. Um, and there was plenty to talk about. Like it was. A I, did, I didn't know about any of the results on some Monday because I didn't have my phone with me. Your Dead boy Jacquezy was on form, son. He knows, doesn't he? Wow, big Marco. He knows the score, and he's going to finish. That was well. They're talking about him being on UFC Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's calling out big names and a lot of people already. Even though we're probably realistically we're maybe two years away from an opportunity like Conor McGregor. You'd think so, yeah. But a lot of people are already talking about his name in that mix. Yeah, and as Dan said on last week's show, let's slow that one down a little bit. We don't want to see Jacasey throwing him with Conor McGregor just yet. Uh, I think Conor will probably be long gone by the time he gets in world title class, to be honest, Jacasey. But it's just about matching him well now, matching him against the kind of guys that are going to keep him progressing. Uh, it was a great opponent. Packerlin is obviously a, a solid grappler who... He'd come at Jacasey, but he just couldn't handle the uh, the array of kicks. And now we've, we've subsequently heard that Jacasey's had a phone call with the bosses at IMG who basically said to him, that Matrix weird flip kick that you did early on in the fight, keep it going, son. We want to see more of that. So uh, he's obviously a, a favourite with the new owners. And um, it doesn't surprise me that he's straight out. In fact, it does surprise me straight out in Glasgow because I thought they might have mm. jacked him on because it was such a quick finish. Yeah. I thought they might have torpedoed him onto one of these pay-per-view cards coming up. Did you, um, when you were a kid, did you, were you into WWE? Yeah, yeah. Or WWF, as it used to be called then? WWF. Who was, was your favourite? Yeah. Who was your favourite? The Ultimate Warrior. Was it? Yeah, well, of course. The Ultimate Warrior and the Legion of Doom. The Legion, Legion of Doom, Doom. Team. good shout. Bushwhackers, if we're going to go Bush. tag team, for me. Everybody. I'm not surprised. Oh, I loved it. Loved a bit of Bushwhackers. They who, were who, was the, who was the uh, fellow with the two by four? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacks- was it Hacksaw Jim Ho! Duggan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker. He was Legend, great. The Legend, reason why I bring yeah. this up, do you remember a wrestler called Tatonka? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatonka was boss, man. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved Tatonka. He was absolutely nuts. He was like a little Red Indian fella. He comes dancing into the ring going absolutely bonkers with a little axe and all this type of stuff, but he laid it down in the ring. But he had one of them weird... Mohawks that was dyed red and yeah. when I was watching Jacquezzi well, obviously when I got back off my holiday I thought I'd catch up with UFC London watch Jimmy do his thing watch Mark do his thing and I thought he's fucking come as Tatonka yeah, exactly. he's, that's what it is he's come down <laughs> he's laying it down man he's bringing the theatre to the Octagon I like that yeah he looked the part and you know Dan was talking about it last week Joe. Dan made the red Mohawk famous yeah, in the yeah, UFC yeah. obviously so I think he's glad that the, uh, the torch is being carried through but Exciting, man. Exciting to have a talent like Jacasey from these shows. You know, a mate of mine, <clears throat> Terry Etham, a couple of years ago, was the big breakthrough British star that we all hoped was going to, you know, become a future world champion. Unfortunately, he didn't manage to navigate there. And one reason maybe might have been that he stayed in the UK. He didn't He didn't go and train in the US, which we know brings guys on so much. Mm. But Jacasey's doing that now. This was his first camp at American Top Team in Florida. And, you know... It's tough to say the proof was in the pudding that it worked, but obviously, you know, you, you put in a, a, a performance like he did, and it certainly didn't do him any harm. The guys at ATT are absolutely over the moon. They know they, you know, they're, they're already talking about they've got a, a future world champion, and you know they can see the talent in him. So fingers crossed, um, you know, if he can get met right. Two years time, it, we could be talking about a world title fight, one hundred percent. We've already got one in in Bisping. 
Jimmy Manoa cannot be too far away, man. He no. cannot be too far away. I mean, he didn't even properly throw that left hook. No, no, no it was a glancing coffin hook, wasn't it? it across was, the top of the table. Yeah, it was like a hooked jab. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was. It was one of those ones that hit you on the temple. It does scramble you a little bit. Scramble him? Fucking hell, man. He, he, was, was, he, he was off to the shops. No, He'd no, gone. yeah. I think Corey Anderson. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> See ya. Get us a coffee while you're out there, lad. I love the fact that Jimmy doesn't celebrate either. I know. He just goes, yeah, man, done. Just points it to someone. There good you go. Night. And, hang on, Manua, right? I know that you listen to this show now because my good boy here subscribed you on your phone, right? <laughs> yeah, so I know that you listen down. to this show. Where the fuck was popping and plopping? <laughs> Where was it? Where was it? Yes, you did everything that I asked you to do. You called out the names. You went OTT, man. You went and on David A. David Good lad, Jimmy. We know that that works, bro. Well done. But come on. We wanted the T-shirt to be printed with your big face on it. Popping and popping. Where was it, bro? Eh? <laughs> let us down, didn't it? Let he, us down with the popping and the plopping. popping and plopping would have been nice, but it, he certainly didn't let us down with that performance. That was and like the call-out. And one. the call-out was wicked. Yeah, yeah. He wants the title shot. He wants DC. He wants Rumble. Jonesy. He wants David A. Let's yeah. do it. Come I think, on. Do you know what? I think John Jones is a bigger fight than the, than the, uh, the yeah, champion, to be honest. Yeah, you were saying this with Dan last week, weren't you? It's worth more money. I think it's a better fight. And uh, I think there's a bit of an opportunity missed there, but I think he's got to put himself in the frame. Just he's in got to go to he's got to go. DC goes quick. Well, he's got to go ringside, hasn't he? It's a week. It's a week of Saturday. He's got to go to two ten. He's got to he's got to be ringside for that for that fight, hasn't he? One hundred percent. And I think there's also an element of he's focusing on the title because his his new best mate and sparring partner Gustafsson is focused on John Jones. I think Gustafsson in his heart of hearts wants John Jones and that rematch more than he wants the title fight. Mm. Genuinely. I think John Jones is the big target for him. So I think that's how they've divvied it up in the gym, me. I think they've had a little word after training in Spock. They've divvied like, it up in the gym. They've divvied it up. So now you, you take Love him, title, I'll, I'll take him. Yeah. Is that what they do? The is, yeah. that how the, is that how the matchmaking is made now that's, in the UFC? Listen, this is, that's how jockeys do it every weekend. Is it? Every racetrack up and down the country. Put your keys in a ball and let's draw lots for who's they fighting who. putting the silks on going, are you going to win this race? Nah, I'm not going to bother. Go on, I'll have a go then. I'll have this. Grand exactly. National's mine this week. Yeah, I'll do it, yeah, exactly. And that's how they do it in the UFC, is it? Yeah, that's exactly how they do it, apparently. Who wants, who wants uh, John Jones? Me, 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 I'll me. I'll do it. Eeny, meeny, miny, more. You're doing it. There you exactly. go. End of chat. But I, 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 you know, if I was Jimmy and we talked about it, I, w- I would definitely have called out John Jones. That's the money fight for me, but anyway. That left hand, man, it puts people to sleep. It does, yeah, and that's what he's got, and that's what the rest of the, you know, say the rest of the division. I almost said no one else has got that. Of course they have. Rumble's got it. Are you taking Rumble's the piss? Rumble's got it in spades. <laughs> Rumble can He's got it in both hands. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see the rematch with Rumble, to be honest with you. I kind of hope that Rumble wins the title, because I want to see Jimmy versus Rumble for the title. That would be, you know, I think the first fight... Do not blink. Don't blink. I think second time around, it could be interesting. There's been uh, some interesting talking points coming out of... Uh, the world of UFC, even though there's not much fights to talk about, obviously I'm, we're, we're still going over everything that we saw at UFC London, mainly because I wasn't here last week, but there's been a couple of stories that have caught my eye, um, mainly because I just like to keep up with everything that is going on with the older generation, the guys that I grew up watching as a kid. And I love listening to Bisping on his radio show over in the States, just slag off fighters that are slagging off him. Everybody seems to be going for Bisping at this moment in time. It's like, oh, he's a paper champ. No, he's not a paper champ. He knocked out Luke Rockhold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he, beat, he beat Anderson Silva. He's not a paper, paper champ. And okay, you're a little bit... You're a little bit bitchy at this moment in time because he's cashing in and he's taking on GSP and your Romero's not getting his shot. You'd all do the fucking same, wouldn't they? They'd all do the same. 100%. Every single one of these fighters would do the same thing. Just because it's upsetting you and it's 
throwing your nose out of joint because Bispin, that guy that is 50-50, a bit more, mate, whether you like him, whether you hate him, all that type of stuff, just because it's him benefiting from this situation, put get your toys and stick it back in the pram, right? Exactly. Your, all your times will come. That's just the nature of the game. Bispin's He's enjoying paid his dues. Exactly. He's enjoying it at this moment in time and let him enjoy it. So stop giving him a lot of shit. Vitor Belfort, for example, calling him the paper champ, calling him a soft ass. Listen, mate. You're calling out fucking CM Punk. What yeah. the hell is all that about? Exactly. Wanting your blooming legends division. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, They're all just jealous, to be honest with you. And they all do it. You know, every single one. Cody Garbrandt's talking about fighting in any other weight division. He wants to fight Jose Aldo. You've got Joanna Jadrizek talking about moving up a weight division. You've got Tyron Woodley, who seems to fight want to fight anybody except whoever's next in the welterweight division. They're, they all see what Bespin's trying to do and there's no good bitching about it because they're just jealous. You're right, you're absolutely right. Just because Bisping's cashing in. Like, they want to cash in, but... Listen, you know how I feel about the Bisping GSP fight. I believe it when I see it. It's happening. I believe it when I see it. It's happening, mate. He's put an ultimatum down on it, by we'll the way. We'll see. Yeah, and I've seen Bisping. That was quite brave of Mike, actually, to come out and say, if you're not ready by July, well, I'm going to fight your Romero in July. It was like... All right, Mike. Careful, <laughs> careful, Mike. Mike, GSP Mike might back out. Yeah, and and the GSP thing might never happen if you go and fight your Romero. Don't do that. Yeah, do exactly. the GSP thing first. Exactly. But I, uh, you know, it's. I think Mike's a little bit upset because people are saying he's dodging your Romero. I mean, though he is kind of because there's a much bigger paycheck with GSP. But Mike's someone that's never dodged anyone in his career, so mm. he's obviously feeling that and he's kind of feeling the pressure of it, which is why he's come out and said, "If GSP isn't ready for July, I'll fight Romero." But make no mistake. Even if GSP isn't ready by July, there won't be any other fight. It will be GSP versus Bisping if it's going to happen. And you know I say that with experience. Always use the word if when you associate George St. Pierre with fighting in the UFC again. Because I've seen there, been there, done it, wrote the story, got the T-shirt, done the interviews Listen, so many you're times. being bitter now. Stop being bitter. It's going to happen, yeah? We'll see. Mike's we'll getting see. Mike's getting paired out, mate. Don't worry, it's happening. That fight is going to happen. One thing that I don't want to happen, which is definitely happening, BJ Penn. Where's that oh, come from? Oh, no. Why is I he know. doing it? Exactly. Why is BJ Penn getting back in the octagon? Why, BJ? Why? Dennis Seaver has been made again. I think it's the third or the fourth time this fight's kind of been made. And now I'm like, I don't want it to happen anymore because I don't want to see BJ fight anymore. It's like watching your icon just like shuffle along and just... Yes, he'll probably beat Dennis Seaver, but I don't want him to beat Dennis Seaver because that means he'll have another fight after that. It's <laughs> like... You know, and... He's an icon. He's like, what beat the greatest lightweights of all time? He's like, you know... Two weight, man. Two weight. Hall of Fame legit. His place in history is secure. Like, not a problem. Why is he continuing? And he BJ, doesn't, he got doesn't a, even need the no, money. No, you've got a good media company there, mate. Fuck it off. Exactly. You're doing all right in this game that we're doing. You're all right, son. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He just can't walk away. That's the problem. And uh, unfortunately, the way it's going, you hate to admit it, but... You, th- you feel like in five years' time, BJ's going to be the guy sitting in the corner, you know, drinking his soup through a straw. Mm. The way he's going, someone needs to save him from himself. Speaking of saving him from himself, I know that we've spoke about Rampage Jackson on many t- many occasions on this particular show, that he's a little bit off the wall. He's bonkers. Did you Have you seen the interview? Have you read the interview that he's talking about regretting ever getting involved in MMA? 
Yeah, that's that's Rampage all over. Yeah, but Rampage, mate, that's why you were Mr. T in the fucking A-Team film, mate. You wouldn't have been a movie star without uh, MMA, bro. That's why you're an absolute, you know, a global superstar. That's why you go to Japan and you can, you know, you practically print your own money. You're an icon over in Japan. How can you regret getting involved with the thing that has set your life up? It's Rampage all over, isn't it? The guy's just... You don't know what's going to come out of his mouth from one interview to the next with Rampage. You'll probably completely and utterly say the opposite thing next week. Mm. But uh, Can I just say that Rampage, if you are a listener to uh, Fight Disciples podcast, one, get in contact with the show. I'd love to have a little bit of uh, get you on the show and what have you. And I'd, I'd take back everything that I've just said um, because you're a big fucking grizzly man and I would <laughs> never say this to your face, <laughs> ever. But it did take me a little bit aback. He's, he's cool, Rampage, Rampage, but he is a... He is a he is bonkers, you know, he's a box of frogs. He always has been a box of frogs. Mm. So I wouldn't, uh, unfortunately, I don't take much of that one page set without a pinch of salt, to be honest with you. Well, what about this? What about Rocco calling out um, Fabrizio Vadum? Mental. I love Rocco now. Do you? Yeah, yeah men that, right. I go through stages with Rocco. Sometimes I love him. Depends yeah. who he's fighting. If yeah, he, yeah. Basically, if he's fighting Bispin, I don't like him. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's basically where I'm at with it. But he's a cool motherfucker, right? He's obviously, he does a bit of modelling. He looks well, does the lad. And he's a very, very talented mixed martial artist. If, yeah. if we're dead honest, dead honest, he's probably the best middleweight, isn't he? He's probably oh, yeah, the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. So for him not to be in action for such a long period of time, it, it's kind of grating on me a little bit. I want to see the kid do his thing. I want to see him get in with some of these big guys, these jackarets of the world, even Bispin of the world. You know what I mean? Let's get a rematch on and all that type of stuff. I want to see him do his thing. So I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. For a fight to be made for Rocco because he ain't got yeah. to fight at the moment. But he's not fit. Yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still struggling with the knee injury. Well, I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for the shout. I'm waiting for what it is. I'm waiting for it is. And then I keep up to date with him on social media. And then I see little videos. I see little like, interviews that he's doing. And he's calling out a dude from how many weight divisions is it? One, two, two. Yeah. Two. Sorry, I got confused with boxing then in my head. Two weight divisions above him. He wants to go heavyweight, and he's willing to go to heavyweight to take on Fabrizio Vadum. Come on, bro. You know what I mean? Get yourself yeah, get fit, fit and, and clean up the middleweight yeah, division. Yeah, go and first. clean up the middleweight division. I, I think inevitably he will fight at light heavyweight. He's certainly got the stature. Massive. Don't forget, this is a guy that trains daily with Cain Velasquez and, and uh, Daniel Cormier. So he obviously knows what it's like to handle a world-class heavyweight. Um, and, you know, that that fight isn't impossible to be made. But I'm like you, I'm like rock old man. I'm a massive fan. Just get fit and, and do your thing as a middleweight. Don't You don't have to associate yourself with heavyweights. There's no point. But you know, maybe maybe it's, maybe he's out injured now, and he's thinking, you know what, to to recover fully, maybe he does need to grow. Maybe he is looking to move up the weight classes. Rumble went from welterweight to heavyweight in the, in the course of space mm. of a year, and he's he's an absolute killer now. So but he's got the height, Rockhold. So maybe Rockhold's away now, getting fit and getting strong, recovering from injury, but thinking, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get big. I'm gonna have you have you seen up. have you seen you just mentioned Rumble there and the transition in weights. Have you seen that somebody's done a great meme? of uh, the pictures of Rumble going through the weight categories. Right. So obviously he's extremely thin to where he's at right at this moment in time. And I think the meme is something like, day one of your all-inclusive holiday. (laughs) 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 And then at the end, uh, the final day of your all-inclusive holiday where you've proper gone for it. It's basically, um, if you were to put a picture of Gary Barlow and uh, James Corden next to each other, (laughs) that's the transition. (laughs) They're literally the same dude, aren't they? Day one, day 14. Yeah, day one, day 14 of your all-inclusive when you've gone balls deep on the fucking buffet six (laughs) times a day. You know what I mean? That's where that's where he's at transitioning through those weight categories uh rumble johnson it is it's quite amazing that he's been able to do that and obviously be a force where yeah, he is yeah. at this moment in time well, he at sparked heavy. out Arlovsky, didn't he up a heavyweight when he, before he came back into the ufc so 
He's um, it's frightening to think what these people are doing. These athletes, certainly the college former college wrestlers like Rumble was, what they're doing to their bodies to punish their bodies to stay at a certain weight class. You know, we've seen obviously. Kelvin Gastelum and Johnny Hendricks finally give in to the fact that their bodies Good to see that. physically wouldn't go back to 170 anymore. It just makes you wonder what other possibilities are out there. If Rumble can go from you know once go from the welterweight division up to heavyweight and not miss a beat, in fact, look even better. Yeah, you've got to question other people really in different weight divisions as well. And Rockhold's one of them because he is so tall for the middleweight. He's massive. Yeah, and you see him standing next to the likes of Gustafsson or. Musasi, or you know what I mean? He's, you can see the size difference. You can see he's more of a Gustafsson, John Jones type size mm. than he is a middleweight like a Romero or whatever. I know Romero's thick, but so there's definitely scope th- th- there. Thick as in weight. Thick as in weight. Thick as in weight. I'm not saying he's thick as two short pants. Maybe he is. I don't know you all yeah. that well, to be honest with we you. We should get you all on for a maths test. Maths test. Yeah, a mastermind job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prove you're not thick. Have you heard that chat between, I think? well, we played it on our uh, podcast. It's very rare that we cross over to other podcasts on this podcast. We do it with the Gridiron lads who do some great stuff for us when they're out in America interviewing boxing. various uh, boxers like Deontay Wilder for us and stuff like that. Uh, but we recently crossed over to uh, Michael Bispin's uh, podcast that he has where he has a conversation with Yo Romero. Yo Romero rang his radio show is basically yeah. what happened. And Mike just rips him to bits asking him to spell certain things. Mike's big beef is that Yo Romero doesn't manage his own Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. That's where his beef is. Because if, if you watch Yo Romero post-fight when he's interviewed, he always speaks in his native tongue, yeah. which is not English. Uh, however, he seems to speak perfect English on his Twitter account. So Mike is basically going down the route of saying, hey, You've got somebody using, doing your Twitter account for you. Somebody's got better brains than you. So Mike takes the piss out of him, asking him to spell certain things. Maybe we can do that. Get y'all on and do a little bit of a spelling test. Let's do it. Let's a math test. Let's get him on. Yeah, exactly. How's your Cuban? Hey, your Mike. Your Mike. That's basically his English. That's as far as it, uh, <laughs> as far as it will go. Hopefully, we get we do get to see that fight eventually, but not before the GSP fight, as we mentioned a little bit yeah. uh, earlier on in the show. Uh, one lady that. Is, is gunning down a title shot is, of course, our mate Cyborg. She loves the Fight Disciples. Hey, Chrissy, loving your work, kid. Thank you so much for all the likes and retweets. Much appreciated, kiddo. Um, but she has relinquished uh, Invicta title, Yeah. Um, which kind of just tells me that she's after Jermaine the Randomer. That's yeah. basically what it is, isn't it? Poor Jermaine is hiding in some Amsterdam pot cafe in some dark corner oh, as shit. we speak. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say anything. Mm. But yeah, that was well. You know, let's let's face it. The the IMG brought in this weight class. Dana White introduced this featherweight weight class to the UFC purely for uh, Chris Cyborg to win this title belt. So it's no surprise really that her name is going to be next in the frame for it. The problem is then once she wins it, you, you put in against her. There's not. There is nobody. There isn't a long line of featherweights. So you know that there's a who, lot of work. But to legitimately, be who class. is there? There is nobody. There's nobody really, unless you're going to blow up a bantamweight. But again, they're going to start as a massive underdog. This is the problem that Chris Cyborg's got. There's no depth there for her to really build any kind of legacy. You know, there's, it's one thing being Demetrius Johnson and, ju- and just being completely the number one guy in your weight class and cleaning the house, and now being on to beating the everyone in the top ten for the second time around. That's one thing. But to be a girl in a weight division where nobody knows any of your opponents, you're more famous than the current champion. Um, doesn't kind of bode well in terms of how they're going to market and sell Chris Cyborg because there's got to be two to tango. They're going to have to bring an entire weight division in. So interesting to see what happens, but I'm surprised they 
Well, they, they just, they, I guess the only way to introduce it was by doing the title first. I'm just surprised in hindsight that they never did a season of tough like they did when they built the straw weights in. Yeah. They said, so they could sign like 16 featherweights and then have them compete in the ultimate fight and the winner gets the title shot or whatever it may be. Maybe that's, maybe that's next. Maybe that's fully in the year. Speaking of tough, I. I found myself, do you know like with that time when we were speaking on the boxing show where you were watching videos of Vasyl Lomachenko in the bath? Yeah. Go and listen to that episode, it's a bit weird. Um, I found myself at the moment watching videos of Cody Garbrandt. Just trying to throttle TJ Dillashaw. Not just training in general, just watching him walk. <laughs> I find it really weird. Like TJ's doing some, he's putting some memes on and, and videos on yeah. and, and all this type of stuff. Seen a, an incredible one of them hitting mitts or hitting like target mitts the yeah, other day. Great. He looked absolutely sensational. He did. And there's a, a thing with medicine balls that he's posted with and big tyres and all this type of stuff. And I'm watching it, I'm thinking, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, Cody has been posting these videos and it's he's uh, he's hitting um, sticks in a way, but I'm not even interested in what he's hitting because I know he's a great boxer. What I'm interested in is his footwork and he's dan- yeah. He's like, do you know, obviously in the fight when we saw him dance and put on a little bit of a show where he becomes Cruise, world champion. Yeah, yeah exactly against Cruz. Um, that was the thing where we we were all eulogizing over him, going, "Fucking hell, man! Your footwork, the way that you yeah. put a party on, was unbelievable." I tell you something. This tough final, this tough final between him and TJ is going to be something else if his videos are anything to go by because he is he's taking it honestly. It's like watching Michael Jackson. I'm watching watching these videos and the kids dancing around and he's, it's like he's having so much fun. Yeah, doing the party piece, but still being able to throw killer shots at the exact same time. Yeah. This kid is. Special, isn't he? He's a special dude. I know. I've seen, and you know what? TJ can fight like that as well. He can set a high pace, and he's got great footwork, and he's got fast hands. So that's what makes it such a intrigue. And then you've got obviously the whole narrative of the breakup from from Team Alpha Male, and then everything that comes with that. And the season of toughness apparently hasn't started yet, but apparently it's a really interesting season. I can't wait for it to start because of that narrative. But uh, but for me. Just watching those videos of uh, of Garbrandt, and it, I think it's with his coach Justin Bushaltz, who's the head coach at Team Alpha Male. His footwork, you know, he, he works everything works off a jab like a good, like a good boxer should. But then his footwork, the way he moves around Bushaltz as he's throwing his mitts forward, there's no static punches whatsoever. It's all punch and move, punch and move, and he just rolls over the shoulders so well and takes comes in at the side and throws more shots from the side. Frightening stuff, but you're you're right. It reminds me a bit like Conor McGregor. The, how fluid it is. There's no, it's not jerky. It's not stop start stop start. It just what's seems that? To what's flow that? What's beautifully. that? Brazilian dance call? Is it capoeira? Capoeira, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like that. Yeah, it is almost it's very like that, similar, yeah. like a boxing version of capoeira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less cartwheels and kicks and more. That's left frightening, and man. Uppercuts. That's frightening shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're facing that across the octagon, it's like going, "What the fuck?" You look like an animal. You yeah. genuinely look like a prowling cat. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, all this shit goes off, and it and it's it's not like tippy tappy stuff. It's stinging shots. Oh, he's got heavy hands as well. Very yeah, heavy hands. So I mean, he's a serious character, man. It, it makes that it makes that Dillashaw fight just all the more intriguing now because obviously, you know, that's what Dillashaw did when he claimed the title as well when he did that to Head and Barrow. Um, it, that's going to be you know potentially that's going to be a fight of the year. But the, when you're looking at Garbrandt and stuff, you're thinking, is this is this the next generation? It's like when Sage Northcott came, first came into the UFC and it was like, wow, did you see that kick? Wow, we just did a fucking front flip standing still. Like this is the next generation. This is fucking Mortal Kombat for real, bro. And yeah. whoa, woo! <laughs> and then he got completely and utterly found out. 
I think we, our eyes were in the wrong place. I think the eyes should be on Cody Garbrandt. This kid looks like he's about to set the benchmark even higher again mm. in terms of talent. And, you know, you what? Let's pigeonhole Mark Jacquesi in there as well. You know, there's this this next generation coming through. These aren't kids that started off boxing or wrestling and then age 14 did a bit of grappling or did a bit of this. These This is the generation coming through pure. now. A pure MMA. They've been training MMA since they mm. were kids. You know what I mean? So... It's it's super exciting, and I remember interviewing John Jones a few years ago, and he obviously John Jones was then the guy raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar, and he even said the same thing. He said, "Yeah, I'm the guy right now that everyone's saying is, is making it, is taking the mixed martial arts to the next level." He said, "But imagine the guys who were ten years behind me, what they're going to be doing." And he's right, man. Fucking this neck, they look like now you've got the talents, you've got the movement, but you've also got the finishing instincts as well. Like mm. Garbrandt's a little killer, mm. a killer, mm. exciting. Yeah, serious character, man. Keep an eye on him. Looking forward to that tough series in general, just for the banter, because he's yeah. got a, he's got an acid tongue as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the finales in June is in yeah. July, isn't it? So yeah. the season probably starts in, in. I'm guessing soon. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the, in mid April, isn't mm. it? I think it starts on BC Sport. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, we can't talk UFC without talking Conor McGregor. Obviously, it was his uh, hearing. Whilst I was aware, yeah. or should I say, rehearing, rehearing, because yeah. they all kicked off at 150k fine and 50 hours of community service or whatever he was uh, initially slapped on the wrist. We obviously it's Connor, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Connor obviously with that threatens never to fight again in Nevada. Uh, <laughs> with so the, they back down, yeah. So with the loom of obviously the big uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, which would bring in a fucking ton of money, billion dollar Mayweather ton fight, of yeah. money <laughs> into the state of Las Vegas. Connor throws his toys out the pram and they go, oh, okay, Connor. how about a 25? We've got to give you something, mate. We've got to yeah, give you yeah. something. We've got to tell you off a little bit. So how about a 25k fine? And maybe 25 hours community service? You can serve it in schools in Ireland if you want. Go, yeah, and, yeah. go and see the kids. Go and teach them some mixed martial arts if you want. That'll be exactly. all right, won't it? Exactly. Okay, I'll do that. That was my shit Connor McGregor accent. But that's basically what happened. That's exactly what happened, yeah, because as we know, the Varda State Affleck Commission have showed us anything over the years, it's that money talks, then they will quite happily back down on anything they they kind of say, uh, because money matters. You know, Shit, just, we can't have this super fight going to California or New York. Exactly. Fuck it, it's coming here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, similar when, when Floyd was throwing in prison and stuff and they delayed his prison term. Allowed him had, to fight. To, to allow him to have a fight because he basically said... Put me in prison now. I won't be able to fight Berto, and you'll lose a hundred million. And he just went, "Oh, okay then. <laughs> you can go to prison after you after your fight, then Floyd." <laughs> it's just bonkers, just like being above the law. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what they've done with Connor. That nominal fine twenty. He probably had that in his pocket. Yeah, that's yeah. probably chump change. Yeah, I'll go and get it out of the boot. The Bentley. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Say to one of his oppos, just give him, give them a stack of that money. Done. See you later. Can you imagine though being the, uh, one of the kids on the receiving end of that community service? How go- basically it's going to be a twenty-five hour selfie and autograph signing session. That's basically what this is Pretty going much. to be, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. If and he goes, he might get someone else to go for him. A, a lookalike at the end of the day. A McGregor lookalike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I reckon he'll serve it. I reckon he'll do it in Ireland, and he'll he'll teach some kids something or something. Man. Yeah, probably. He probably he seems does stuff like that. that. They'll find they'll find a way that he'll attend some charity dinner, and he'll be there for half a dozen hours, and they'll wipe that off. And it's just you know. It's Nevada, man. The fucking place is built on it. It's corrupt as fuck. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Um, also, whilst I've been away, they've been making super fights for some of them legends in Bellator. I know that we normally stick with all UFC stuff, but seeing as that these guys were UFC legends, the guys that we used to watch when we were kids growing up, obviously getting into this particular sport, I think it's only fair that we mention him. Charles Sonnen, um, a man who 
is as witty as they come, my friend. Um, he's going to be taking on one of his old adversaries, who um, I believe they fell out in a argument in a, a van yeah. years and years ago because Chelsea Sonnen slagged off Anderson Silver or something like that. Something yeah. went down in a van and Wanderlei Silva now wants the fight, so it's on. Yeah, well, he's got a... Chael's got a rich history of slagging off Brazilian people in general, isn't he? Let's be honest. This is this is the guy that said the Nogueira brothers once approached the bus and tried to feed it some hay. They didn't, they'd never seen a car before. Shit like that. Chael's got, got this whole back catalogue, so that's obviously why he pissed off Vanderlei, and they did that tough season as well, which didn't come to fruition in the end, so... It's kind of cool that Bellator are finally putting this on. You know, it's a little, you know, it's a couple of years too late. It is what it is, but we're going to get to see it. That's what I'm most excited about. Plus, the Fedor Matt Mitchell own fight's been made co-main on it as well in New York. So, yeah, obviously, which fell through previously. Yeah, so it's awesome that they're going to tackle their first New York big New York card, similar to the way the UFC did with something a bit special. It'll do well. It's pay per view apparently as well. First time you Bellator are doing a big pay per view event. You know, we we talk about it on the boxing show this week that boxing pay per view numbers are fucking absolutely Terrible. atrocious in the US right now. So it's brave of them to do it because, you know, uh, fighters only. We interviewed Scott Coker earlier this year, and he and he and he made it clear that TV is not their way of. That's not how they make money. That's not their model. Is not through through TV. So. Uh, because obviously Viacom owns so many stations all around the world, like mm. Channel 5 here and Spike TV and whatever else. So they just use that as their platform and they just put out, you know, compet- competitive cards. So it's interesting that they've now decided that they're going to try and make some money via pay-per-view. So it'll be fascinating to see what the numbers are um, for that match. But uh, I think it'll do well because of the legends that yeah, are involved, well, man. you know, Vandalay hasn't fought in so long. Um it's obviously he's been banned for a few years because he ran away from a drug test ahead of the Chael Sonnen fight in the UFC, mm. which also Chael Sonnen failed the drug test for that as well. <laughs> they were both just fucking dosed up to the eyeballs. Uh, and that was in the aftermath of their tough Brazil season. So it's kind of like the fight that should have happened three years ago. We're finally going to get it now. But, you know, at this stage, as Chael proved against Tito, what has he actually got left? What has Vandalay got left? Mm. You know, Fido, uh, Fido and Matt Mitrion. Is something that I, I personally maybe I would like to see it. Yeah, but again, it's I, a, I would like the, to see Van Lee versus Chael, but it's a bit like you know, it, it, it is a legends tour, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest with you. You know, it's these guys, these guys aren't good enough to win in the UFC anymore. They're too old in the tooth. They're from they're from a previous generation, which in which mixed martial arts was very different. You know, very different. You know, when these guys were at their peak, you know, we weren't drug testing the sport like we are now. Let's say. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't have passed the drug test, you know. As stringent as it is now, probably why they're over at Bellator and not the UFC anymore. So there you go, Vitor. There you go, son. Get over to Bellator, get man. Over, get, get yourself, yeah. get that body back. There you go, lad. There you go. <laughs> Whilst we're um, off the topic of UFC and onto other mixed martial arts um, promotions, Cage Warriors. Yeah, I'm this at, weekend. I'm at Cage Warriors this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet, one of my own. It's on TV, yeah. It's on TV in the UK, yeah. And um, I think the prelim cards getting streamed on the Sport Bible or something on Facebook and That's social cool. media as well, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then the main cards on TV. Listen, Paddy the Baddy's the real deal. He's a good kid. I know he had a tough time last time out. He he, uh, he was lucky to get a decision. To be totally honest with you, against Juicy J, the former tough, the tough uh, competitor. Uh, but he's got another tough one this weekend. It's an all all UK fight, even though it's for the the, the Cage Warriors um, lightweight belt or featherweight belt. Sorry, uh, Nad Nari, Narimani 
who's actually from Bristol, who's got a cool little record as well, another submission fighter similar to Paddy. But this kid, this kid's tough, you know. And everyone I spoke to about it at the UFC last week, um, I mentioned it to a few a few people there that are well versed in the UK MMA, and they said Paddy's up against it. This is a really tough fight, and if he can come through this one, that's a real big win for him, you know. So make no mistake, it's no gimme fight at the Echo Arena. But I tell you what, there'll be a couple of thousand in there. I'm expecting a real wave of noise because he's really got. The whole of Liverpool City behind him at the yeah. moment, Paddy the Baddy. He's, he's a little rock this... star, isn't he? He's a little rock star, man. Exactly. He's got the whole persona going on. He's got that beautiful big golden cat wig <laughs> that he sports. And, uh, you know, he's got the, the Merseyside media eating out the palm of his hand at the moment. They're loving it, you know. It's like our very own Scouse Conor McGregor. But it's a tough fight for him. You know, as I say, he's early in his career. He's only 22, Paddy. And if he can if he can win these type of fights then he's really is on the on the road to the UFC eventually and we know he's committed to cage warriors in the short term but uh it's a good fight for him man it's going to be tough i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to that cage warriors show it's been a while since i've been to cage warriors so there's another kid from your city fighting this weekend, isn't there, Jack McGann? Jack McGann, my boy. Jack McGann, yeah, he's fighting me on boy. Friday night. I know Jack some, well. Are you getting some kickback or something? What's going no, on? no, but what it is, I've known Jack since Jack was... I'll tell you what's going to happen, right? I'm 14, I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to switch on Jack McGann's fight and there's going to be a Fight Disciples logo on his shorts. Or yeah, I know. You fucking, oh, fucking hell, we should, have, we should have put a Fight Disciples logo on his shorts. I'll look at, I'll look at the bank ah, account. I'll look no. at the bank account and it's like going, Where the, where's all the fucking cash gone? Yeah. Where's it? We paid for Jack to fight in Moscow. <laughs> He's but, in uh, Moscow this weekend. He's in Friday Moscow. Night, yeah, yeah it's, it's Friday night. It's in the middle of Moscow. Listen, Jack's Jack's mental. He's been fighting. This is his third fight now, I think, for Fight Nights Global over in Russia. He loves it over there. They're paying him really well. I know his previous fight, they dressed him up as James Bond. They had all dancing girls and everything. They do they do like a pride show at this Fight Nights is Global. It? So they have indoor fireworks. They have like uh, Cirque du Soleil dancers hanging from the ceiling. Showbiz, man. Stilt walkers. You know, they really push the boat out. And now they've got Frank Mir on commentary and Mike Goldberg, I think, as well. They've got brought in. Wow. They've gone big on it. They've obviously Fedor's fought on their show last year. I think they've just signed Bigfoot Silver. Now, this is a, a promotion that's, you know, doing things in the, in the European market. I wouldn't be surprised to see them over in the UK probably later this year, early next year. So Jack's, Jack's there and getting paid really well by them. I don't know how much, but he's getting paid really well compared to what most mixed martial artists outside the UFC get paid. But he loves it over there, and they love him. And there was a ring walk on Friday night. He was telling me, Tom Hardy, of course, is one of his closest pals. Tom apparently has recorded a, another video, which we'll put on our Fight Disciples social media once Jack lets it go this week. But yeah, the, the Russians this weekend have got him dressed up in a silk suit with John Lennon glasses and he's going to be walking out to back in the USSR by the Beatles. That's wicked. They love it and they've got all the, all the dancers all dressed up and everything else and he says it's class man. He said the shows are really good to get massive numbers as well and this is a promotion that the guys shows that every the, week. The Eastern Europeans fucking love it man. Are they mental? They love it. Poland, Sweden, Russia you know they, uh, I know Sweden's not Eastern Europe but you know this, these are the countries which are real hotbeds for mixed martial arts at the moment and tell you what these Russians are coming you know ACB were over in the UK pretty recently doing shows again and uh, doing regular shows all the time and the thing is you see they're all backed by these absolute billionaire Russians mm. that are just in love with the sports and just pushing it last, like mad obviously the, the president Putin's the biggest mixed martial arts fan out today he made Fedor the former sports minister for the <laughs> yeah, stage, he did, you know did he? He? <laughs> fucking made Fedor <laughs> minister for sports so it ain't going anywhere in Russia. And it's a funny time now with the UFC because, as we know, they've they've got rid of James Elliott, our mate in London, and mm. they've, they've retreated. They haven't got heads of departments in all the countries around the world like they did for a while. 
they're kind of tre- retreating back towards the Vegas. But these promotions out of Russia mean business and they're getting big. And as I say, I, I would love to have gone over this weekend, but maybe maybe next time around, I, I would love to go over to Russia to watch Jack fight live. Well, he loves can, it. You, I can just Class. Do, you with all the oil guards, you know what I mean? All, yeah. the, all the oligarch type fellas, you know what I mean? We're billionaires. You'd be right in there with your fucking with pasty. Their, with their te- <laughs> yeah, with their teenage brides sipping champagne and eating caviar. Yeah, I fit right That's in. you in it. Octagon side. That's it. Big big dealing. Popping and plopping. That'll popping be you. And plopping. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Good luck to Jack this weekend. Good luck to Paddy Bimlet as well. Um, we will be back next week. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes. It's easier to subscribe via our website at Fight Disciples. Go there. Uh, fightdisciples.com should I say at fightdisciples is Facebook, Twitter and Instagram please follow us there uh, where you can keep up to date on our daily conversation we are back next week next week is a big one let me tell you it is huge because hopefully they are going to make that octagon walk DC Rumble on April the 8th fingers crossed let's keep our fingers crossed everyone say a little prayer that neither of them gets injured and next week we can rap about it I can't wait we are going to be this is, this is what's going to fucking happen next week, right? Because we record, uh, we're going to have to record next week's show on Tuesday due to studio times for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I bet by the time that our show goes live on Thursday, the fucking fight's off. The fight's off. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm still putting it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're still putting the show out. It is what it is. We're still going to put the show out to tell everybody that it's happening, even when everybody knows that it's off. <laughs> Mainly because we can't get back in the studio to edit it. That'll be basically what's going to happen. Make sure you subscribe to us because next week's going to be a big one as we count down yep. to that light heavyweight title clash. And if you love your, and if you enjoy boxing and you fancy going to boxing or you want to experience boxing, check out this week's boxing show. We have got tickets for the big world title fight in Manchester a week on Saturday. We have got a shed load of tickets and we are inviting Fight Disciples to come and join us, sit at the boxing and enjoy it. So if you've never been to professional boxing before, check out that show, follow the instructions, enter that competition or the draw. It's more like a lottery draw. We are going to be there in force, the Fight Disciples. If you fancy it, check that show out. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.